Hello, you guys, and welcome the frick back to another episode of Seems Like Diet Culture. If you are new here, I do not always start the intros so aggressively, but it just felt right today. And this is the podcast where you can come and get all of your questions, concerns, thoughts about wellness trends, nutrition rules diet culture in general, influencers, all the above answered because it's really hard to navigate the world today with how much noise there is around wellness. And the entire intention I had with starting this podcast is to give you the facts, experiences from other people, and my educated opinion so that you know how the heck to navigate this. At least a little bit better, right? And every single week we go through a new topic Sometimes I throw in some more personal ones like I did last week, which thank you guys so much for the support on that episode about my recovery journey. You all are so wonderful, and I'm so glad that it resonated with some of you guys and helped you to just take one step towards getting more help. If you haven't listened to that, it is the last episode in the podcast, so it's the one right before this. So you can definitely give that a listen. And I also did want to let you know, if you wanted kind of the walkthrough timeline of this, I also shared it on Instagram and it's a highlight saved on there too. I do not share triggering pictures on it though. We are not about that here. But this has nothing to do with this week's topic, which is Noom. A lot of you guys have been interested in hearing more about Noom and I can definitely see why because there is so much to get into here. So much mixed messaging, so many different ways that this intersects with diet culture, but also how are they related to the anti-diet culture movement and so many very interesting experiences that I've found from you guys, but also that I've seen online and from other posts and people I've talked to. So yeah, there is a lot to go through here and I do not want to hesitate to get right into it so we can get through it all. But I do want to, again, make an announcement. My 16-week group coaching program, Live Unrestricted, is currently accepting applications. And this is the last time that we are running the program in all of 2022. I was talking with a lot of you guys that were feeling this urge to kind of, I don't know, push off changing habits until January or just it didn't feel like it made sense, but I really want to urge you that, especially when it comes to food, exercise, and body image struggles, the holidays can really exacerbate these, and tackling it now and having support during that time is so incredibly beneficial. So don't stop yourself from starting the journey and becoming a new person before 2023, getting into the best part of your life before you're starting that new year. So I will leave the link to apply down below. And if you have any questions, always feel free to shoot me a message. But that concludes our announcements for today. I feel like a school. (laughs) All right, guys, here are the announcements. And let's just dive into this topic. So as you guys know, we're always going to start with what the heck is Noom. So I'm going to give you a few definitions. I'm going to give you Noom's personal definition of what they are. I'm going to give you a Wikipedia definition. Yes, I know Wikipedia is not the most (laughs) great source, but I do think sometimes their definition can be helpful just to get like a simplistic idea of what it is at like a bird's eye view. And then I'm going to give you not necessarily my definition, but more of a realistic non-jargony definition of what Noom actually is. So we'll start off with what Noom says that it is about us. This is their page on their website. Hi, we're Noom. We're a consumer-led digital health company that helps people live healthier, happier lives. Now they describe it more. Noom uses the latest and proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, our platform has helped millions of our users meet their personal health and wellness goals. While we started with weight management, we're now working to expand our behavior change platform to help people with chronic and non-chronic conditions such as stress and anxiety, hypertension and diabetes, and <laughs> diabetes, diabetes, and build a healthier world for all. So they have more that you can even read into about this and 
all of that, but that's the idea of what Noom wants you to think it is or what they say that it is. Wikipedia says, Noom is a subscription-based app for tracking a person's food intake and exercise habits. The company is also known or is known for its emphasis on behavior change and mental wellness. Now, what do I think or what is like the logistical view of what Noom is? It's very similar to a Weight Watchers app. They're pretty much the same type of thing. They're just going about it in a different way. I will say they do speak to the fact that they feel they focus more on behavior change and mental wellness. Uh, We will get into the nitty gritty of why they say this and whether it's true or not throughout this episode. So now that you have kind of an idea of all of those steps, let's learn a little bit more about Noom and how it came to be. So there are two founders or creators of it, Sai Zhang and also Artem Pedikoff, and they launched Noom in 2017, but it was actually founded in 2008. So you may be wondering as I say that, okay, what the heck does that mean? Then like, how did they launch it at this time? Or yeah, how did Loom not, how did Noom launch at this time, but it was founded at such a different time, nine years before that. And I'm going to explain to you actually the timeline of how Noom was discovered. And we're going all the way back to the start. So in 1999, Sai Jung was 19, and he started South Korean heavy metal record label By Hard Productions. The reason why this is important is because they speak a lot to how he has an entrepreneurial background and how that helped with the creation of the company. But also to note that this man was in no way involved in health and wellness, and neither was the other founder. Now, in 2002... He was inspired by his father dying, his dying words, and he pivots his dream from music to healthcare. I will say you can read this article. I'm going to have all of these linked in the description below. And there are some really cool stories that these founders have, but we're not going to get so involved in the story that they're sharing, although very cool, because the importance that we're talking about here is the validity of their product. Then from 2002 to 2004, he actually enters the army. Then in 2005, he moves to NYC and he meets Artem, the other founder. 2007, what they create is WorkSmart Labs. And this is their first prototype, which is a stationary bike gamification accessory. It's essentially a way to... Their whole mission at this time was how can we get people to exercise without them having to pay for a personal trainer and so they created this product that would be able to play like a video game basically even though they were working out. Then Petakoff leaves Google to go full-time with this and they start to raise funding and build out prototypes for other gym equipment and they launch something called Cardio Trainer which is one of the first apps in Android Marketplace. So then in 2010, after learning that the users are using the app to count steps, they launch a calorie counting app called Calorific. Then finally in 2011, WorkSmart Labs changes its name to Noom and it raises a $2.6 million seed round led by Silicon Valley. Now in 2011, they also do a Noom Weight Loss Coach, which is a freemium app that charges for AI weight loss coaching and launches an Android. Now they start to shift in 2012 to more psychological solutions. And they also secure an NIH grant to study binge eating. This is important. And I want you guys to kind of note this in your head. This raises $12 million and it tinkers with a B2B solution. So then in 2014, Noom completes its pivot to psychology of weight loss and hires a therapist and they raise like $16.2 million more dollars. They start experimenting and they end up hiring human weight loss coaches. So that therapist stays with them until 2012 from 2015. And in 2017, they have even more venture capital and Noom Healthy Weight launches and focused on like the b2c so that's like the business to consumer market which means that the human coaches in this are the centerpiece another important part to note then it basically talks about how in 2019 they do another launch noom's revenue starts to go up towards 200 million dollars and in 2020 with people 
gaining weight during the pandemic, it goes up to 400 million. They're expecting to hit around 600 million this year, or in 2021 they were. And they're also trying to launch something called New Mood. Okay, so I know I don't typically go quite as in-depth into all of this stuff, but I do actually really think it's important for this story because I wanted you guys to see the logistics of not only how persistent these founders were, but how they continually were pivoting throughout these years. And there's a reason why they were doing these pivots. Of course, it was because they're trying to gain success, but it will also become more important as we understand more about this company and more about the founders themselves and why they've created Noom and, and what it is marketed as today. So I actually took the time to go through and act like I was interested in joining Noom. I did not have it in me to actually pay whatever the amount is to get my Noom recommendations because I just, it just feels so against what I believe. And they, I think they used to do free trials, but they don't anymore. So I just couldn't do it. But I wanted to share a little bit about my personal experience going through the process because you can go and do this straight on your desktop even. You don't even have to download the app. So when you go to do this, essentially what it's going to have you do is you go through a questionnaire. There are so many different questions it asks you. I mean, seriously, I think there were hundreds of questions but every single time it will kind of take you through in stages. So it'll be like the first stage that makes you think, oh, there's not that many questions. And then there's another stage and another stage and another stage. And they're analyzing all different things that you're doing. I won't lie to you. I did not read through every single question because I thought it was going to be shorter and I was really starting to lose my patience <laughs> with how long it was. But I did note some of the most important things that kind of sent up, not necessarily like a red flag, but just made me aware of a certain element of this. So one of the first things that I did want to note, and technically I think this is a positive, is when you go to put in your weight, it doesn't let you go below a normal BMI. So one of the first questions it asks you after you go through like the really short intro part is it asks you how much weight that you want to lose. And so of course, me being me and me being antagonistic, I wanted to see, okay, can we get to an unhealthy weight with this? Like how much are they allowing you to do when it comes to going underneath a quote unquote normal BMI? And I was pleased to see that you were not able to get into an unhealthy BMI range. Now, I'm sure all of you guys are sitting here thinking, Mallory, you talk all the time about how BMI isn't legit and you shouldn't even listen to it and you're right. BMI is not legit. It's not the thing that we want to use as a basis for everything, but I do think it's good that at least they didn't let you go underneath that. So another thing that I noticed is that it does not say that it is for those with active eating disorders. So it asks you a question about if you have an eating disorder currently and you can put yes or no which of course is good because you don't want people actually joining if they have eating disorders. Now, what I will say is all I had to do in order to get past this is go and change it. So it wasn't the type of case where you said yes and then they prevented you from moving forward completely. I literally just hit the back arrow and went back and changed it to no and then it let me move forward. And the same thing is true of the weight. So if you put it to an unnatural BMI, like even a really insanely no number, low number, they would just let you change it. Another thing I noticed is the psychological element of how they set this up is really fascinating. So they take you through all of that process and then right before you get your recommendations, they do a few things. So number one, they make it seem like they're about to send your recommendations to you pretty much for free by having you put in an email. I have already since unsubscribed from their email list, but I wanted to see how it worked and they do not send you your recommendations then. Then you have like a few other questions and steps that you go through to where it gets to the true thing that they want from you, which is your money. So then you have to choose a subscription choice, whether it be annual or weekly or monthly or whatever else it is. And 
I feel like what I was thinking during this time is if I had actually spent the time to truly go through this, like really think about my answers and answer accurately, it could have taken me 30 minutes, an hour. I mean, it could have taken a really long time. And I can only imagine how many people at that point feel like, well, I already did all this work, so why would I lose all of that to just not even try it? So I just want to make note of what that's like. They did say in an article, and it's actually the same article that was interviewing the founders, that they do this to weed out people that are not actually going to make the commitment. And I found this to be interesting because in one hand, on one hand, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to make sure that the people that do it actually want to do it instead of just easily taking money from people that don't. But at the same time, it makes me curious because if their goal, which most of these companies' goals at the end of the day is profit, I wonder if they would profit more or less off of this process. I had a business coach that once told me that most of the time when you go through and you fill a lot of stuff out, it actually makes you feel more invested to when you're accepted. So I am curious if it has more to do with that than it actually does them wanting people to make the commitment, but I don't know. Maybe it is something that they're really passionate about because of his whole backstory, and so that's why they do it. I just thought that that was an interesting connection as I was reading through more about this. So that's how my personal experience went, but where the heck do you go from here? So from the point when you pay, how the whole process looks in totality, which of course I'm going to miss a lot of pieces, but this is the, again, bird's eye view, is they tell you how many calories you're allowed to eat to start off with. So those are your recommendations. There's not necessarily all these super specified recommendations to you. I do think that they slightly alter your time frame and your maybe, I don't know, facts that they give you based off your current knowledge and your personality type. But as I've talked to people that have gone through Noom and as I looked at the process and went through it, it doesn't seem like it's a huge change that they do. It, it seems like they're very minute changes and the main recommendation is that calorie recommendation. So once you do that, they encourage you as a part of the program to log every meal and snack. They encourage you to weigh yourself every day. And as you log your food, Noom actually rates the foods that you're having. So they have green, yellow, and red foods, and these foods are meant to signify how good these foods are for you. And I will read through some of those examples in a second. But to finish this process, the way that the whole setup works is that users are promised weekly check-ins from their health coaches daily affirmations, and they also give tips on mindfulness around food and diet in general. So I'm sure you guys are all wondering, like, what the heck is this green, yellow, red list? And so I wanted to give you guys some examples because if you've seen anything about Noom, you know that there are some things on this list that are a little bit controversial. So the green foods are all the things that you would imagine. They're going to be your fruits and vegetables, their egg whites, oatmeal, all of that kind of stuff. It's pretty much just the fruits and vegetables with a few other things sprinkled in. Now, yellow foods are some of the fruits and vegetables that they, I guess, consider less okay. So... Things that I think are very strange that are yellow foods are avocados, beans. Beer, for some reason, is yellow food, but to jump ahead, wine is a red food. So just can chew on that. Um, normal eggs, fish, guacamole, hummus. I've also heard that hummus is a red food, actually, and that they've changed it, but I don't know if that maybe depends on the brand or if that's something new. Pasta is a, is a yellow food. Potatoes, protein powder, diet soda, 
quiches. I mean, there's a lot of very random things. And obviously, guys, this is not comprehensive because I'm pretty sure they have this for like every single food. But those are some of the yellow foods. Now, the red foods are probably also things that you guys would imagine. It's stuff like bacon or butter or cake. But even stuff like cheese is on here or energy bars and hamburgers or milk, nuts. And I really hope as you guys are listening to this, you are not taking any meaning behind this list. I want to emphasize so strongly here that whatever program you are doing, whether it be Weight Watchers, New, My Fitness Pal, whatever else it is, they all have their own classifications for things, but we all know at the end of the day, there's no such thing as these good and bad foods. So do not take weight to where I'm categorizing these things in the slightest. I just really wanted to give you guys an example. I was honestly nervous about giving the example because I didn't want it to be triggering to some of you guys, but I think it's important to get an idea of what it looks like. So definitely note from everything that I just shared, the calories that they share, because we're going to talk about that more, the health coaches that they have, and also the green, yellow, and red foods, because all of these three things are things we're going to expand upon more. Okay, so at this point in the podcast, if you've listened before, you may know that this is kind of when we typically go over more about the validity of the program and discussion and all of that stuff, but I want to do it a little bit differently this time, and I actually want to give you guys some of the experiences that people have shared. I am going to share the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, and why I want to do this is because before we go into the actual validity of it, the science of it, and the perspectives of it, I want you guys to hear some of the things that people have said about Noom. Now, I am getting this information from articles and also from Reddit threads and from all over the place. I also got some of them off of you, um, from you guys off of Instagram, but I really think that to give a full idea of it, you want to just hear what many people have to say and also know that they're not paid. That's why sometimes I like to look to a Reddit thread, although of course, yes, Reddit is not the valid source, the most valid source ever, but it is most of the time real people. So let's talk about what people have said. On the positive side, I have seen lots of people saying different things. People saying stuff like the Noom diet plan is worth every single pity. I have tried so many programs and have finally seen success on Noom. Someone else said, I was previously doing keto and I totally agree with you. I'm getting way better results now than I was doing keto. This was a review that really stuck out to me. So just I want you guys to hear this and really listen to the intent behind this. This was two years ago from someone on Reddit. I am not going to be sharing the specific numbers that they say in here because I don't want to be triggering, so just keep that in mind. I am X amount of days in and X amount of pounds down. I ate Ben and Jerry's at 2.30 a.m. last night. I'm eating delicious and nutritious food. It's insane. I can't recommend it more. I've tried keto for years, intermittent fasting, and so much more. My entire relationship with food was dysfunctional. Nobody taught me how to eat. Food was a respite for me. It was an indulgence in a way I sued myself. I can genuinely say that I feel like my body has become my friend now. Instead of saying, I'll start working out or dieting or eating better tomorrow, I'm saying, I had ranch popcorn today. If I want to have some ice cream, I'll have that tomorrow. Because the whole point is moderation. I love how it's reframing the way I look at food. I never feel deprived and I'm holding myself 100% accountable. I don't really talk to my coach. For me, the CBT lessons, the building a habit every day of weighing myself and doing my lessons, these are the things that are so helpful for me. If you want a quick fix or a miracle, I'd say Noom isn't it. If you struggle with weight your whole life or have a decent amount to lose and diets don't work for you, 11 out of 10 would recommend Noom. Okay, so these reviews are from a blog and they're combined from Trustpilot and the Noom.com website. I do want to mention that this definitely seems to me to be an affiliate blog post, like this woman gets paid money if someone signs up. I could be wrong. It's not disclosed, but that's what I'm guessing based off how it's said. 
but I wanted to read you a few of these. I started the program for the first time in February 2019. After I was at my heaviest weight and my energy was gone, I worked hard at it the first month. However, unexpected and tragic life circumstances took my focus away from the program. As my life calmed down, I started the program again on August 1st. I have stuck to the plan, took the advice seriously, and the information was so helpful to keep me motivated and engaged. Noom gets deep into the issues, and I discovered why I was struggling to have a healthy relationship with food, including limiting portions and not eating enough out of... or not eating out of stress, boredom, or compulsiveness. All right, last one. Noom is different than anything I've tried. I'm learning so much and it's working so well for me. I'm not only learning losing weight, but I'm also gaining confidence within myself and changing how I think about success. Wish I would have done it sooner. All right. So those are all of our pro reviews. There's tons that you can find on the internet. And I am not ever negating the fact that there are those reviews, and that's why I wanted to name them, to show you guys that I truly looked into both sides of this. So, on the other hand, I'm going to read you some of the experiences that people have had with Noom that have not been as positive. So, there is actually an entire article on Cosmopolitan from someone named uh, Kelly Hoover Greenway, and it was from November 10th of 2021. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I want to read you this very first part that she wrote in regards to Noom. <clears throat> Throat clear. Early on, Noom seemed refreshingly health-centric, designed with my well-being in mind. The program asked me lots of questions about my life, my hobbies, my goals, the ultimate why behind my reason for joining. The personalization and nutrition information focused on satiety as in feeling full. The problem is that in practice, this innovative psychological approach still operates on the traditional diet doctrines like limiting intake, categorizing foods, in Noom's case into red, yellow, and green buckets, and earning calories for exercise. Buying into Noom came at a high cost for me, both literally a monthly subscription at $66 a month, the price goes down the longer you sign up for, and mentally. Over a matter of months, my ability to consume food or move my body in a way that wasn't motivated by making myself smaller was all but ruined. Almost two years later, I'm still in recovery from the app, trying to undo damaging behaviors I developed as a direct result of its programming. But the evangel the evangelicism of hardcore numers, quote-unquote, not to mention the ubiquity of its advertising, made me question whether my experience was the exception. I just feel like that's so well put, so I wanted to share that. But there are so many other experiences as well. Here are some that I'm getting from another article, but also from the Instagram called The Anti-Diet Plan, where people were sharing their experiences. I was on X calories a day too, and with my physically demanding job, I was hungry all the time. I was told to drink lots of water to fill me up, eat all the lettuce I wanted, and focus on getting my binge eating disorder under control. I didn't even know I had a binge eating disorder until they told me I did. I was relentless. It felt like I was in a cult. Yes, I lost weight because I was only quote-unquote allowed to eat X number of calories a day. But it was miserable, and it was a horrible experience. And that was the last diet I will ever go on. And make my no mistake, Noom is a diet, a mind-control diet. Here's another one. I signed up for it thinking it wouldn't feel like a diet, but it was basically Weight Watchers in different packaging. I felt guilty all the time using bot, using bot WW and Weight Watchers and Noom. Sorry. Going out to eat made me panic, and the daily weighing really hurt my self-esteem. Even my small weight fluctuations would make me feel like I was going to break. Terrible way to live. And I ended up plateauing quickly and gaining all the weight back, and then some on both plants. So an said, same. I only lasted a week on noon, but then my ED relapse lasted me months. Okay, I want to read this one last one because it's really important. And then we're going to be done with the experiences. I saw your post about Noom and I wanted to give you a personal statement about how awful Noom was for me. The app guilted me for going over a calorie amount and rated foods like a color scheme. I found I love olive oil and Noom marked it as red and something that was not to be eaten often. 
I've never had an issue with olive oil before. And like I said, I used to put it over anything and everything. I haven't been able to completely rid myself of the guilt I feel when I cover my salad with olive oil or dip bread into olive oil. When I used Noom, I went to bed one day crying to my partner, telling him I was so hungry and it didn't feel good. He was using Noom at the same time because we were both looking for a way to lose that pandemic weight. Not only did it cost him much less to use Noom, but it gave him so much more leeway and room for error. Yes, I understand that male bodies, large body sizes, different body sizes will have different needs, but I noticed that Noom guilted him either a lot less or not at all in some circumstances. Foods that were red for me were green for him. Like bagels, for some reason, were green for him, but red for me. The trainer, quote-unquote, that they assigned me guilted me for foods. I logged into Noom. He guilted me for foods. I logged into Noom. Like, legit. They would message me back saying, I noticed you logged blank when it was marked as a red food. Did you know that eating that, did you need help not eating that food? I know I was on the edge of my sanity at one point, and if I had kept using Noom, I would have developed an eating disorder. It was when they wanted to charge me $200 for a year-long subscription after already charging me $50 for a 30-day trial that I finally said F this and deleted the app and sat down. I remembered feeling weightless. I ate Cinnamon Crunch after deleting the app and I cried tears of joy. All of the enjoyment of the food that Noom took away came back and I cried. I can't imagine being someone who could possibly be more susceptible than to eating disorders I can't imagine being someone who could possibly be more susceptible to eating disorders and using Noom. I like to think of myself as extremely strong-minded. I build bridges and break them, and I try to empower everyone around me. But Noom nearly broke me. Thinking back to the pain I felt physically and mentally while using the app makes me so angry. There is nothing therapeutic about Noom. I don't believe that it uses psychology in a positive manner either. They definitely guilt you and torture you mentally. F them. F that app for making me cry myself to sleep because I was hungry. F Noom for destroying my relationship with food. F Noom for trying to guilt me into buying an overpriced subscription. I hate Noom. Anyways, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Guys, we could do a two-hour podcast. I mean, a hundred-hour podcast of me reading different experiences, both for and against the program. And now we're going to dissect a little bit further the notable points of this and what to actually believe about the app itself. So I first want to start off with the validity of Noom itself, the science. Now with any type of diet, it's going to be incredibly hard to listen to the science surrounding it if most of that science is going to be funded by the company itself. And that's where Noom and Weight Watchers and all of those type of things get a little bit complicated. This would be a little bit different with something like a keto diet because, right, the keto diet isn't necessarily, there's not someone that built that as a company, but with Noom, it is. And so we're always worried about conflicts of interest. Now, regardless of that, Noom has been scientifically studied, but it's been pretty minimal. And when they have done those studies, they have shown to help people lose weight and to keep that weight off. They did a study with 36,000 people who were on Noom, and almost 80% of them reported keeping it off. But what I want to note is the quote-unquote long term of this had a median of 267 days. So that's what they're considering long-term in this scenario. And this study also did not in any way take into account the ways in which the weight was lost and if it was mentally sustainable or if it was healthy for those people. Now, this study showed that 80% rate, but in other places, I saw closer to 70% efficacy in weight loss. And there was another one that spoke to the fact that it does make you lose weight, but adherence is really poor. So they looked at it in all different areas of the world, and they saw that, yes, there was a statistical weight loss difference, but overall, most people dropped off after about three months, if not 
six months for sure. And most of the time, it does not seem that that weight is actually staying off. So what I gather from this is that Noom reminds me of a typical diet pattern that we see. With most diets, we see that there is actual weight loss at some point if someone follows the diet, but within a relatively short period of time, they will gain that weight back, if not some more, and typically take away some psychological mental changes. Now, we've talked a lot about the validity of Noom. We've talked a lot about what it looks like and the experiences, but what about how people get into doing Noom? This is the marketing piece. And although you may be thinking, oh my gosh, okay, Mallory, why the heck do we need to even talk about the marketing? Like, how is this important to Noom itself? I would actually argue that this is one of the most important parts of Noom and even why we're discussing it right now. Why are we discussing Noom over Weight Watchers? This is one of the main reasons why. What I want to start off by saying is that it is clear that both of these men that's founded this company are incredibly smart and very determined. The fact that they waited 10 years to actually have something like this blow up is forever in the startup world. And I commend them for the fact that they very clearly have taken the time to figure out their target audience and to find ways to market to them. So I want to give them props for that, I guess, to start off. The second thing about this is marketing for Noom, their whole message is essentially that Noom is anti-diet. So if you were to go look at some of Noom's posts on Instagram or on Facebook, they go something like this. This is from May 6th. Of course, we're celebrating International No Diet Day. And yes, we also help people lose weight. With Noom, we believe that change starts from within. Our psychology-backed programs empowers you to make better decisions, not just about food, but about your overall health. No foods are off limits, and we celebrate progress over perfection. Tell us, what are your favorite foods that you can't live without and still get to enjoy with Noom? And the photo that goes along with this says, with Noom, every day is no diet day. They also use so many different words like there are quote-unquote no bad foods, that they are anti-diet culture, that they offer food freedom and weight loss, and that they are weight loss for millennials. They don't typically use that one, actually, so I shouldn't combine it, but that is said a lot that they are like weight loss targeted at millennials. They also use the language of intuitive eating very, very often. And if you know anything about intuitive eating, it is something founded by Evelyn Tribal and Elise Riche. I can never say their names quite right in the moment. And the entire approach is letting go of diets and getting in tune with your body. So as I go through this, think about if you feel like this aligns with that. Now, where it really gets crazy is where Noom has marketed. So obviously, yes, they market on Instagram, on Facebook, on all social medias. I've also seen them a ton marketing on podcasts too. And I've even seen podcasters that I did not think would market them end up marketing them because I feel like they fall for the whole idea that it's not a diet. (laughs) I'm alluding to how I actually feel. I try to keep my opinion out of it for as long as possible, but (laughs) okay, back to what we were saying. But they also have very strategically placed ads that were the first Well, I would say some of the first things I saw creating quite an uproar. So about a year ago, if you searched up intuitive eating online, just like in your browser, Noom would be one of the very first ads to come up. Let's see if that still happens. I looked the other day, but I don't think it does. I think they removed it. Yeah. At least when I search it up, I don't see it anymore. You guys are definitely going to have to tell me if that's different for you. But I think that they went under so much fire for doing this that they ended up taking it away. 
So those are all of the type of marketing techniques that we see Noom using very regularly. And they clearly talk to this specific type of person. And you have to remember that they gather so much of this information from their initial intake process. They know your fears. They know your deeper why. They know what age you are. They know how you view food. They know your past. They know all of these things. And this makes it incredibly easy for them to make very specific, specific targeted ads towards the people they want in their program. And when you were, when I was reading their article about their founding story, something that I noticed is that the main things that people come in that they struggle with with Noom are stress, poor sleep, desire to lose weight, and also low energy. And I just want you guys to also make note of what groups fall under that category and if those problems are only specific to the group that they say they're targeting that need these quote-unquote health-promoting behaviors. So the last point of evidence that I want to bring together are kind of just a random compilation of different things that we've seen from Noom or from other sources reporting on Noom. So I was looking into a former coach. So this was actually a, I don't, I think she was a nutritionist. Yeah, it was a nutritionist, I believe, that worked for them for actually three years. And they did confirm that she did work for them and she had proof just because obviously anybody could say that they worked for them without actually doing it. And she admitted that 95% of coach responses are actually copy and pasted based on a word that you use. So she explained that, for example, if you respond and use the word struggle, they would just go into an Excel sheet and paste back a reply that would work when the word is pinged. This is an important piece to remember because one of the pinnacles of Noom's psychology-based framework and what they say makes their program so valid is having these coaches. And also, this is part of what drives up their price so significantly. Now, another one is when an ED behavior was severe, Noom actually did have the policy to refer a user out, which is good. But when someone alluded to binging behavior, the response was essentially find something else to do, like ignore the binge. And they mostly attributed this to lack of willpower. Another thing is that Noom has done a lot of studies, I feel like, for a weight loss brand about binge eating disorder and eating disorders. There is actually this really strange study that I couldn't get access to because you had to pay for it and I couldn't find where to even do it. But there is a study that was looking at having Noom as a treatment for binge eating disorder and bulimia. And it was a very small study. There were like 66 men and 66 women and they divided the group up and they were using this in comparison to another method to see if this could work for binge eating or for bulimia, which to me is just something that we had to talk about and could not leave out. Another point is that in user research, when the company would ask its weight loss customers what else they were struggling with, stress was the number one answer every single time. So I gave you a few of them, but stress was number one. And the last thing is coaches are not registered dietitians. They're typically nutritionists, although there could be registered dietitians that do it. It's not the majority. And when you work with a nutritionist or a health coach, you have no way of knowing where they got their credential from. So it could be from a very valid source or it could be from quite an invalid source versus as a dietitian. Although not every dietitian is amazing, you still know that they had to go to this specific school and do this type of program and a DI and pets or test and all of that type of stuff. So that's something to keep in mind. And also that these coaches are said to have up to a hundred clients or more at a time. So what the heck should we make of all of this information that I just shared? What's my opinion and how do I as an educated 
clinician sift through all of this stuff. So, in my opinion, Noom trying to act like it's anti-diet is the most insane piece of this, and also the piece that bothers me the most. You may be wondering, okay, why does that bother you? They do try to go about things in a different way. They do try to use psychology. But guys, I think what's really important to remember is the type of wording that they are using to prey on a very, very, very vulnerable audience. What I wanted you guys to remember when it comes to things like being tired all the time or being super stressed or having low energy and wanting to lose weight is yes, maybe all of those things can correlate to someone that is engaging in behaviors that's bringing them over their set point and what really feels good for their body. But it also can very, very easily draw in people that have eating disorders or terrible relationships with food. And so much of what Noom is targeting is this idea of binging. Oh yeah, binging is what they're solving. And they give you all these tools to learn how and why you're dealing with binge eating. But guys, what does binge eating actually come from? It comes from some sort of restriction. It could be mental restriction, physical restriction, emotional restriction. It could be from some other limiting belief that you have. But I can tell you one thing, binging does not come from all of the things that Noom is trying to convince you of. And I don't know if you guys made note of this as I was reading through one of those positive reviews of all the things that this woman felt like Noom had showed her that she was doing wrong. But she said things like, I didn't know how to eat in moderation. She said, I was struggling with portion sizing. I was having lack of control. Or what was the word that she used? It wasn't just lack of control. It was, oh, here we go. I found it. Let's go back up. It was limiting portions, not eating out of stress, boredom, or compulsiveness, which all kind of lends itself to the same idea of lack of control. And anytime that they didn't follow through with these things, if they didn't log, if they didn't weigh themselves, if they didn't do whatever it was that Noom wanted you to do, it told you that you were just not motivated enough, that you just didn't try hard enough, that you were lazy just to find something else to do. And so when we really think about that, is Noom actually sharing all of this psychologically compelling information that is truly helping you or is it convincing you that the problem was yourself and the way to go about that is by putting in place more rules in order to fix it? Because that is most of what I've heard from the positive reviews. And that's my challenge with Noom itself. Because when you look at what people were saying, it does honestly make me so happy when I can see that people feel better. And I don't want to take away from that experience that people could be having, those positive experiences. But at the same time, what I'm seeing from that is that those people needed help. They needed to understand and get in tune with their body. They needed to get a better sense of how to think about food and how to put together a plate and simpler tips that are not something as extreme as what Noom actually suggests that they don't want you to know, which is insane calorie recommendations. And this is what is so wild about Noom, is that they convince everyone in their marketing scheme, in all of their questions, and in their just entire mission and rhetoric around their company itself, that they are so different than all of these other options. But in reality, guys, when you look at it, you go in and they recommend 1200 calorie diets. And I'm comfortable saying that only because I know you guys are exposed to the 1200 calorie diet. I know you guys have heard about it. It's been all over Instagram. Yes, it's only suitable for a two to three year old and how wrong it is. And that is true. And by them telling you that that is what you should eat, they are not only just being completely in line with diet culture and overall dieting, 
they are also putting people in actual dangerous positions in terms of not eating enough, which in turn will mess up their metabolism. It will mess up their energy levels. It will make them feel like trash. It could help them or it could cause them to lose their periods, to lose their hair, to lose so many things in their life. And yet still they are convincing people that it is their fault. How does that work? And now if we get into the next step of Noom's full psychological step-by-step program, it goes into the red, yellow, and green foods, okay? This is super interesting to me because as you may have heard as I was talking about that one example from the woman that had the experience and she compared it to her husband's, the red, yellow, and green foods shift And what I think Noom believes it has done is make little changes based off of what someone enters into their survey to help them with actually adhering to the program. But what I think they've really done is just come up with this idea that by setting different types of rules for different people and charging them different amounts that they are actually making some huge difference in their life when in reality, they're just making certain people that are probably already struggling the most mentally and physically feel even worse. Why I say that is an example like what that woman shared. So her husband was okay to eat bagels. It was a green food for him, but it was a red food for her. Why is that? They don't actually understand what would work for this woman versus what would work for this man. And how in any way does shaming someone with negative psychological tactics help them to not want to continue to do something? This is something I always, always, always go back to is that as humans, we have a desire to do the opposite of what we're told to do. When we're told not to eat something, the only thing that we do is think about it more. When we tell ourselves not to go on social media, the only thing we want to do is scroll through social media more. That's just not how our brains work because we want to rebel in certain ways. And the same is true of food and in this situation. The more that you see those red foods, even if you can adhere to them for a certain amount of time, there will always be a time where you break, guys. And that is what makes it just like any other diet. Just because that they say that red foods are yummy foods or green foods are free foods or whatever else they want to say about it. And look, this goes directly into like Weight Watchers points in the same way. It still is putting food into categories that demonizes it and then convinces us that some of them make us a better person and others make you a worse person and that there's really not flexibility because How does it really feel like there's flexibility for this woman, for example, if every time she logs a red food, someone comes on and says, do you need help not eating that food? How is that flexibility? Of course, there is going to be variation in variation in experiences because as it sounds like they're changing this program depending on the person, which I can appreciate the idea that they're giving personalization. But at the same time, I feel like this leads to even more of confusion about what Noom actually is and what the purpose is for people to follow. So that was a little bit of a rant. And I wanted to specifically speak to the idea that EDs are caused by Noom. And I will say I have worked with people that have done Noom that it has definitely affected their relationship with food, but it hasn't given them an eating disorder. So I don't think that anyone that does Noom gets an eating disorder. But do I think that it's really unfair how they're marketing to people in a way that acts like they couldn't just be very severely affecting people with eating disorders? Yes. And do I think it can cause or worsen eating disorders? 100% yes. I don't think this program would ever, 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 ever be suitable for someone that has struggled with their relationship with food in a restrictive way because it's going to bring back those same rules that you're trying to fight against. There's no question about it. And what I feel like is super problematic is what I spoke to in the very beginning is that as I went through this process, There is literally a question that asks you if you've struggled with an ED and then you can go and change it. So how much do they actually care, especially because they're really not accounting for the fact that binge eating is a real eating disorder and it comes from 
other things that are going on that are affecting it. And so to say that if someone exhibits signs of binging, you don't validate that as a actual symptom of what could be a potential eating disorder is also really, really problematic. And I don't understand their obsession with researching how Noom could help with binge eating. I don't know if they genuinely think that they are doing this in a way that is beneficial and if they genuinely believe all of these marketing lies that they're spreading. It really does seem like these guys have a really interesting story and that maybe they have good intention, but that intention is just so misinformed or they're just uneducated about all the facts when it comes to this. And it's hard for me to have any mercy towards these type of companies that intentionally capitalize off of an anti-diet and a no-diet movement to make people spend more money on their insanely high revenue-generating businesses to make them fall back into the wellness and dieting trap so that they can profit off of people's insecurities and desire to lose weight to fit a societal standard that they are creating by convincing people that weight loss is the key to health. I cannot stand it. So, yeah, wow. I just went on a whole thing, but The other things that I just wanted to quickly mention create ties between were the fact that the number one thing that people came in with along with wanting to lose weight was struggles with stress. And yet adding something like this is completely another stress that these people were dealing with and therefore is most likely making their stress worse. Now, I'm not negating the fact that being in a place in your body that doesn't feel good to you, whether that be under a set point or over it, is not enjoyable and that can cause stress in itself. But what I do want to mention is that this is not the answer. And I just don't want anyone to be convinced that this is the best way to go about finding a place in your body that feels good to you if you are struggling. Because it is just another diet. So you may be wondering as I go through all of that, then what would I suggest? And this is going to really, really, really depend on where you're at with your relationship with food, body image, everything going into trying a program like Noom. I think to start off, there are people out there and I know this and people feel like, act like sometimes I don't know this because I work in a specific niche, but I do, that don't feel like they're at a good place in their body. They feel like they're over what their set point is. They feel like they are engaging in habits that don't feel beneficial to them consistently. And I understand that. But I promise you that making the focus just on weight loss will never lead to the end result you really want because you have to go about it in a way that is unsustainable. What we do is utilize utilize education in a non-moral way, so no good and bad foods or demonizing certain things, to help you to understand how to set up a plate, how to engage in things that make you feel your best. And at the same time, we can utilize principles of intuitive eating to start to teach people how to listen to their body, how to listen to their hunger and fullness cues. So that's one side of this. Now, the, oh, and I wanted to mention that that's one of the main things that I saw in the Noom reviews that were positive is that what people really need is just to feel like they were actually able to eat more foods. And that's the difference between something like Noom and a more strict diet like keto. I mean, you heard a lot of people comparing it to keto or intermittent fasting is that they can eat all throughout the day. They can technically eat what they want. And people found that to be very freeing as well as the fact that there were some things that Noom taught that could be beneficial. Like they didn't know that you could fill half your plate with veggies and that veggies can help you to feel like your body is functioning well, right? Like that's a very normal fact that you could learn and implement that could be easy for people. But when you're feeling the pressure to do it in this type of scenario where then it becomes a good or bad mindset, it makes it a lot harder to stick with. So I wanted to note that within the wins or within the positive views about Noom. So there is a slightly different group 
though here as well. And I want to make note of the fact that there are also a lot of similarities between these two groups, but I feel like there are slight mindset differences that we need to talk about because there are also people that have a altered sense of where their body's quote-unquote healthy place, and by healthy, I mean what feels good to them, actually is because they never feel like they can find it. And these are typically people that are struggling with eating disorders or disordered eating or poor relationships with food. And I also see that these people are being targeted with Noom's marketing. And this program could not be further from what they need because it is literally just another program that gives them rules. And not only can it create EDs in itself, it can cause relapses. And so if you're even questioning doing a program like Noom in this position, in either position, but especially in this position, you need to really ask yourself why you're feeling that need. And what I would believe would be suitable for you. And this can be true of both groups, but especially if you're really struggling with disordered habits, is finding someone to work with. Specifically and ideally someone that is ED focused or doing a program like Live Unrestricted, which is specifically set up for this, because we need to address those disordered thoughts that are coming up in disordered habits around food and exercise and all of these things in order to make sure that you don't fall down a path that could cause the relapse. And most of these people actually understand everything there is to know about food. You know too much about food. You know every single little thing And that's one of the differentiators, I think, between the two groups. Some people genuinely just need to learn more about food itself and nutrition. And then other people need more to unlearn all of the nutrition that they think they need to follow. Again, both groups have to do this, but there can be the slight differences in that way. So without getting into the nitty gritty and trying to make people feel like they need to fit into a certain type of group, Just know that no matter what, Noom is not the answer. We need to look to intuitive eating and getting in tune to what feels good to us. We need to actually understand why food doesn't hold morality and how to find that balance of all foods fitting, but also recognizing that all foods fitting doesn't mean eating every single food all the time, every second of every day. It's always the like, oh, if I do that, I'm going to only eat milkshakes. And that's just, it's not true. So... I know that this was a very dense episode and you're not coming away with the, you're not coming away with this answer that you feel like you can get from Noom. Like if you're someone that's a Noomer and you came to this and listened to it, you're probably just thinking, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. This girl is so full of herself or whatever else it is. And I totally get it. And I, I validate those people that have done this that feel like it's worked. I understand why anyone could feel that desire to utilize Noom because it feels like it's that perfect fit. It feels like you can have the food freedom and have weight loss and not be on a diet. But guys, it's always too good to be true. It truly is. It's just not how these things work. And I promise you... Why I care is because I don't want you ending up either number one at a worse place in your relationship with food than where you started, number two on a yet another diet that pulls you in and then spits you back out, or number three feeling even more down on yourself and believing that this is your fault. They always say that stuff. They always say that you don't have enough discipline or that you just need to focus on something else or whatever else it is and just know that it is not your fault. It is diet culture's fault. It is all of these other systems and societal standards that make me, make us feel like we are not good enough and that we need to be on this constant pursuit of weight loss, which is really just our way of constantly making more and more money and profiting off of this stuff. So when it comes to rating Noom, just like I say every single time, I feel like it's really complicated because 
Noom itself, I honestly think that these founders may believe that they are doing something that's right for the world and that they are really helping. And the way that they try to sell the program could present to someone like, oh, this is like a three on the diet culture scale. You know, it has diet culture parts because they're implementing weight loss, but that's not their whole focus. But in actuality, when you combine all of this together, Noom is just like any other app. It's just like any other diet. Even if there are some good elements to it, which I wouldn't be able to necessarily say since I haven't gone through every single little thing about it, Those are all, in my opinion, overshadowed by the negative pieces and the restrictive nature of this. And so I would put it up there like a nine, nine and a half because of how diet culture it is. And I really think that that will shock a lot of people. And this episode could shock some people. But we need to be sharing the truth about this because although I take issue to platforms like Weight Watchers and diets like keto and practitioners that act like calorie or that people that talk about calorie counting, I take even more issue to companies that try to sell themselves and use the anti-diet culture movement to profit off of people's insecurities and ultimately have them in the same cycle without thinking that they're in it. So for that, they get a nine, nine and a half, freaking 10 for all I care. (laughs) This was a really, I felt like an intense episode. I don't know if it felt that way to you guys, but woo, I felt heated as we were going through this and I feel like there was so much to say. So I really hope you enjoyed it. Guys, I would love your feedback. When you guys message me or DM me, it means so much. And if you leave a review, if you enjoyed this, whether it be on Spotify or Apple, that would mean the world. I toy around with if it's better to have a title that basically says I'm discussing Noom and then to just share my opinion or to share both sides. And I would love to hear from you guys if you have thoughts on it, if you like that I go through the positives and the negatives and the experiences and then share my opinion, or if you'd prefer it just be my opinion so it's a little bit shorter and sweeter. Well, I don't know if it'll be sweeter, but (laughs) it'll be shorter. (laughs) So let me know if you have any thoughts on that. As a reminder, Live Unrestricted will be linked down below. And as I said in this, if you are someone that was doing Noom and you're feeling lost, Live Unrestricted would be an amazing place for you to rebuild a healthy relationship with food and exercise and body image after getting out of something like this. I've worked with a lot of people that have done Noom before. And if you have any other questions, thoughts, anything, just always know that you can reach out. I appreciate you being here so much and I can't wait to see you guys next week.